Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 381. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Something I've done a tiny bit the last few weeks, the last couple months, and that is play audio from a YouTube video. But this time, I'm gonna play it from two different YouTube videos. And unlike the other ones that I've done recently, these aren't my talks that I've given at various medical schools or, or conferences, pre-med conferences throughout the country. This time, it's gonna be two videos that have done relatively well uh, on YouTube in terms of applying to medical school and writing your personal statement. Now, as this episode is coming out, it's almost mid-March. Applications are right around the season. And the first video is titled 10 Things to Know Before Applying to Medical School. And the second one is eight tips for writing your med school personal statement. Now, both of those are obviously super relevant to you right now. So I want you to listen to these you don't need to watch the video to get out what you need to get out. Uh, but I do, part of why I'm playing the audio for these is that on my YouTube channel, I am putting out a lot of video, a lot of videos and audio in those videos is going to be different than what you hear on the podcast. So if you don't follow me on YouTube or don't subscribe to my channel on YouTube, I highly encourage you to do that. I'm on a mission to take over the pre-med world because I believe that the information I'm putting out is going to help you get into medical school for free, right? I, I do have a, a, a service, a company where I do work with students one-on-one, -on -one, but my goal is to not do that anymore. I want to do all of the stuff that I'm doing for free for you. And I put out all of this information on the podcast. I put out all the information on YouTube. I write my books, which sure are a couple dollars that you, you should buy. I get like a dollar a book or something like that when you buy it. Uh, definitely not making a lot of money with my books. But I, I want to encourage you to go check out all of the resources that I have, not just the podcast. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're listening, which is great. I want you to keep listening to the podcast, but I want you to check out the other resources as well. My YouTube channel, premed.tv. My website, obviously, medicalschoolhq.net. My shadowing website, which is still in the works. I still want that to be successful. 
findshadowing.com. So much more. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in to our podcast today. Again, it's from two different videos. The first one is 10 things to know before applying to medical school. And the second one is eight tips for writing your med school personal statement. Again, you can watch all of my videos on premed.tv. And as we are releasing this podcast episode, episode two of Application Renovation, season two, episode two of Application Renovation just came out yesterday. And Application Renovation has been the most popular videos on my YouTube channel. They come out on Tuesdays. We have about 14 episodes or so of season two recorded. We're going to record about 22-ish, um, kind of like a regular television series uh, season. And uh, we'll release those every Tuesday. And then we have Ask Dr. Gray on Thursdays and potentially uh, new MCAT content. If, if MCAT content is something you're interested in, tag me on social media, on a YouTube video, and, and let me know that you'd love to see some MCAT content on my channel as well. Let me know. Keep me updated. All right. Without further ado, let's go and jump in and uh, get into some good stuff. Let's go and roll right into our list with rolling admissions. The first thing I need you to really understand is that the majority of medical schools here in the United States utilize rolling admissions. Now, what does that mean? That means that as soon as the application cycle opens up, they are reviewing applications to interview, reviewing those interviewed students for acceptance. That is a rolling admissions basis. Now, there are some medical schools here in the US, and Canada mostly does not use rolling admissions, where medical schools will wait until the majority of their applications are in to either start interviewing students, or they will wait until they interview all of their students before they start making acceptance decisions. When it comes to schools that don't use rolling admissions, it's not as important to make sure everything is in earlier than other students. For schools that do utilize rolling admissions, I need you to understand the importance of applying earlier. That is why it is always stressed to apply as soon as possible. But I will put an asterisk on that because I don't want you applying with a crappy application. I don't want you applying with a terrible personal statement because you rushed it. That is not what I mean by applying early. I need you to start earlier so that you have a good personal statement, so you have a great personal statement, you have all of your extracurriculars lined up, you have your MCAT score lined up. I don't want you to rush anything to make sure that you are in early because of rolling admissions. I just want you to be aware of it. Now, one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to medical schools and the admissions committees is their lack of transparency around the importance of rolling admissions and whether or not they even utilize rolling admissions at their school. Now, in 2018, I gave a talk at the admissions summit in Toronto, Canada, to deans and directors of admissions committees at medical schools. And I did some research, my team did some research into over 120 or 130 medical schools. We looked at their websites, we looked for rolling admissions notes and information. And only about 30% of medical schools that used rolling admissions actually talked about rolling admissions and talked about the importance of applying early. So I need you to realize that it's very important 
even if medical schools don't say it is. The next thing I really need you to understand, so point number two here, is the cost of applying to medical school. Unfortunately, it costs a lot of money to apply to medical school. And so the more you know right now means the more that you can be prepared for it. I have a cost estimator on my website. If you go to medicalschoolhq.net, you click on tools and you click on the application cost estimator, it'll have some information there. You, you kind of estimate how many medical schools you're going to apply to and where you're flying from, and it'll give you a rough estimate on cost, including MCAT prep as well, and deposit for medical school acceptances, etc. If you know that you're applying a year from now and it's going to cost $1,000, then you just do some simple math, right? It's $1,200, let's say. It's a year from now, so you have 12 months. You save $100 a month. Do that math now. Start saving money now for the application. Now, it's very common. A lot of students will open up a credit card, a 0% interest for 18-month credit card, and that's kind of like a 0% loan. A lot of students play that game. Just make sure that you pay off that credit card before that 18-month window or whatever the grace period is for that credit card. So utilize the cost estimator, check out the fee assistance program that the AAMC has, that ACOMIS has as well for their application. Now obviously, if you are applying to medical school, you should know what the application looks like and what's in it. And that's point number three here, is really understand in totality what that application looks like and what you need to apply to medical school. Now obviously you're gonna need an MCAT score. You don't need the MCAT score to actually submit your application, but you're gonna need an MCAT score. You're gonna need grades. You don't need all of your prereqs done before you apply either. You just need your prereqs done before matriculating before starting medical school at most medical schools. You're gonna need some letters of recommendations, you're gonna need your clinical experience and your shadowing and some research if you want that. Again, I don't want it to be a checklist, we've talked about that in the past uh, already, but all of these things are gonna be things that you're going to need ready to go when the application opens up so you can submit on time. Remember point number one, rolling admissions, submit early, submit on time. Don't look at those deadlines, kind of going back to point number one. But back to point number three, the other really big thing, personal statement. It's gonna take a while to do that, so you're gonna need a personal statement. Uh, and then secondary applications and secondary essays are a big part of that application. So really understanding what the application looks like and what is needed for it. If you check out uh, here on YouTube, my application renovation series, I actually break down applications and you can see what one looks like. So that is point number three, just kind of know everything that goes into an application. The fourth thing that I really need you to start looking at, and it's a little bit later, but you're gonna need to know, is where you are going to apply to medical schools. Now, I'll have a video, if I don't already have one now, I forget if I have one, but I'll have a video at some point, if it's not there now, it'll be there later, about applying to medical schools and, and what schools to apply to and how to pick them and how not to pick them. The majority of pre-med students pick medical schools based on MCAT and GPA, and that is the absolute wrong way to pick medical schools. There are a thousand other factors that are much more important than MCAT and GPA. And I get notes from students every week saying, hey, Dr. Gray, I'm so glad I listened to your advice about not picking schools based on MCAT and GPA. I really found a school that I loved 
and they interviewed me, even though my MCAT and GPA were well below what I thought was acceptable for them. And that's the problem. There's what you think is acceptable to them based on the MSAR data and whatever data they show out. And then there's behind the scenes what they will accept for a student based on MCAT and GPA and stats. And don't put your considerations into not applying to that medical school. So you're gonna have to understand where do you wanna be? Do you wanna be in warm weather, cold weather, east coast, west coast, close to family, away from family? Where do you wanna be? Start thinking about those things. Now you only need to have one school selected to apply to medical school and then you can add more schools as you go, but just start thinking through that list now. The fifth thing I need you to really be self-aware of, be realistic with when it comes to the medical school application is your MCAT and your GPA. If you are nowhere near ready and prepared and really showing that you are academically qualified to be a successful medical student, then you probably shouldn't apply to medical school. And when you look at the data for acceptance rates to medical school, it doesn't look very good, right? It's like 43, 44, 45, maybe up to 50%, depending on how you can massage all of the different application services together. A lot of those students not getting accepted probably shouldn't have applied to medical school because their stats just don't show that they're going to be successful medical students. And they think, and this is kind of maybe how I thought way back in the day too, they think, well, I have, I have good extracurriculars. I'm a good person. I'm gonna be a great physician. My mommy and daddy love me and they told me I'm, I'm amazing and so I'm just gonna apply and, and I'm gonna get in. But unfortunately, it's not that easy. So don't play that game. Be realistic. If you don't have an upward trend, if you're not above a 3.0 at least, science and cumulative GPA with a super strong upward trend, meaning like you started off college at a 1.5 and then a 2.0 and then 4.040, whatever that math works out to be. If you don't have a super strong upward trend to show you're academically qualified or show that you've fixed whatever issues you had in the past, you probably need to look into a post-bac or a special master's program or another master's program dedicated to help rehabbing your image when it comes to your academic qualifications. And same thing with the MCAT. If you have a super strong GPA, like a 3.8, 3.9 GPA, you've always been successful in the classroom, but for some reason you can't do well on the MCAT, applying with a terrible MCAT and a strong GPA is not going to help you. That GPA is not going to prove to medical schools that you're academically qualified if your MCAT is nowhere near where they need it and want it to be. So just be careful with that as well. So point number six is a follow-up to point number five, right? I need you to be realistic with your MCAT and GPA. And if you are being realistic, I need you to understand that it's okay to wait. Now I know at 21, 22, 23, 24, however old you are now, one extra year in waiting to apply seems like a long time. But as you get older, a year is nothing in the grand scheme of things. And I'd rather you be more conservative when it comes to applying to medical school because it costs a lot of money. And if you apply and you're, and you're not accepted, I need you to rework a lot of your applications. So you're gonna have to write a new personal statement. You're gonna have to improve your extracurriculars. You're gonna have to potentially get new letters of recommendations. So it's a lot of work to reapply to medical school. So I want you to do it right the first time and I want you to be okay with waiting a year 
or two, depending on how much rehab your application needs before you submit it. And if you need your parents to watch this video, have them watch this video and let them know, mom, dad, I should wait. Dr. Grace said I should wait because X, Y, Z, and, and let them hear it from me that it's okay to wait a year and don't just throw in an application because you're rushed and you need to apply now. All right, so the next point is, if you ignored me on the first, the, the previous point, and you applied anyway, and you need to reapply because you just didn't get any traction, you didn't get any interviews, or maybe you got some interviews, but you just weren't accepted at the end. It's okay to reapply. It's not like a, a scarlet letter that you're a reapplicant. Remember, only 40 to 50, 40, 45% of students actually get accepted every year. So a lot of students are reapplying. Unfortunately, a lot of students aren't reapplying and they're just going another route, which is a whole nether discussion. But a lot of students are reapplying. And the best thing about being a reapplicant is you can show growth. You can show that self-awareness and that reflection to say, here's why I think I didn't get in. And here's what I've done to work on my application to make myself a better applicant and talk about those things. A lot of medical schools will ask you that. If you've applied to our medical school before, what have you done to fix your application? Or what have you done in the interim to improve your application? So it is good to show growth. Now, what I don't want you to do is a lot of students are talking about this myth that it's better to be a reapplicant. And so a lot of students are applying just for the heck of it with terrible applications and going, hey, I'm just gonna throw in an application to a few schools. I know I'm not gonna get in, but I've heard it's better to be a reapplicant, re so it's gonna set me up for success next year. And that's just, that's just baloney. Don't, don't believe that hype. It's not better to be a reapplicant. It's just not bad to be a reapplicant. So don't worry about that. All right, next up on the list is really being self-aware, right? We talked about MCAT and GPA. I need you to be self-aware of your activities. Too many students with super strong stats aren't self-aware of their activities. They don't have shadowing. They don't have clinical experience. They don't have volunteer experience. They've focused so much on MCAT and GPA that everything else was pushed off to the side and they just don't have anything that proves to them, them meaning the student, or to medical schools that they want to be a physician. They're not proving with their actions and with their time that this is something that they want to do. So really be self-aware and, and think, do I need to take a gap year before I apply to medical school? Do I need to take a gap year and get some clinical experience? Do I need to take a gap year and do a lot more shadowing? Do I need to bolster my application so that when it comes to really proving and showing to admissions committees, this is what I want, I have it on paper that I've done it and I can show it. All right, point nine here is that you really need to be aware of the time commitment necessary, not only just with the whole application, it takes forever, but most importantly with secondary applications. And you may be lucky enough that you can apply to 50 schools or 60 schools, and trust me, I've heard students apply to crazy number of schools because money wasn't an issue and they're just like shotgunning every medical school out there. But then they don't think on the back end. They're like, oh, credit card, credit card, credit card, that's easy up front. But on the back end are all of the secondary essays that you are going to have to do. And the cost of those secondary essays as well. And so be prepared 
for the time commitment necessary to write all of those secondary essays. And we have a huge database at secondaryapps.com. We have a huge database that's updated every year thanks to you guys helping us update those entries of all of the prompts that medical schools ask. Typically medical schools don't change their prompts year to year. And if they do update them, you send them to us. We update our website. But all of those essay prompts are there and you can start pre-writing those whenever you want. And ideally, again, kind of planning out this process, you're done with your applications. Hopefully late April, early May, you're kind of done with your all of your essays and everything else and you can start working on your secondary applications at that point while your application is being verified, while it's getting sent out to schools and while the schools kind of spin up their admissions year and start sending secondary applications out to students. But there's a lot of time commitment and a lot of students get back to me and they're like, holy moly, I did not expect that huge kind of influx of applications and, and the time necessary to write all of those essays. And last but not least, if you are at a school that has a pre-health office, show up, talk to them, and find out what their recommendations are, find out what their resources are, find out how they can help you through this application process. Some pre-health offices will write committee letters, follow the rules for them to see what they require to write you a committee letter. Unfortunately, there are committees out there that will not write students committee letters if they don't have a high enough MCAT score or a high enough GPA, according to them. I don't like those rules, but you have to play by the rules wherever you are at. If you are at a school that does write committee letters, but they will not be writing you one, it's not the end of the world. You can still get into medical school without their committee letter. But if they do offer one and they do offer you one because your stats are high enough, follow their rules and, and, and jump through the hoops that they have for you because they are there to really help you be a successful applicant to medical school. So those are 10 tips that I have, 10 things that I need you to be aware of when it comes to the medical school application. Now, as we're recording this video, I'm about 80% done with my next book, right? I have a few books here, the Pre-Med Playbook series. My next book is the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Application. That'll be out at some point <laughs> in the future. It's not out yet, so just keep an eye out for that. If you're watching this a little bit later, you can see if it is out. Uh, go back, listen to the Pre-Med Years podcast. I have tons of episodes about the application timeline and much more to help you be a successful applicant to medical school. Remember, plan the work, and work the plan, and you can get into medical school. Now, what is unique about you is your viewpoint and your story behind your experiences. You're not going to find unique experiences. What's up guys, Dr. Ryan Gray here on Pre-Med TV with another episode all about this time the personal statement. Now the personal statement's important and we're gonna cover eight things that I need you to know before you even get into writing your personal statement. Don't forget to subscribe, hit that bell notification for more great videos like this every week here on premed.tv. So the medical school personal statement is something that when I mention it to students, they start sweating profusely. It's something that a lot of students are scared of because they think that writing about themselves is something that is going to be really, really hard. And guess what? It kind of is hard to write about yourself and write about your journey to medical school 
in 5,300 characters, which is what the majority of application services give you. We'll get into that in a minute, but it's important to know that the personal statement is very important and is something that you should take very seriously when you are applying to medical school. Now, a great personal statement probably won't help you overcome terrible stats, terrible MCAT score, and uh, kind of terrible activities, but a really bad personal statement can probably keep you out of medical school even with some good stats, so be prepared for that. The first point that I want to talk about is just understanding how long it takes to write a personal statement. Too many students go through the application cycle, right? It opens up in May. You can start submitting your AMCAS, your MD applications in late May, early June. You can submit your TMDSAS, the Texas Application Service applications as soon as the applications open up in May. You can submit to the ACOMIS for DO schools as soon as they open up in May as well. A lot of students will wait until the application service opens up to write their personal statement. And then they'll just write it in the box in the application and go, okay, I guess I should write my personal statement, right? They click through the screens and go, oh, I have to write a personal statement. Let me start writing my personal statement. A good personal statement expect it to take a couple months to write. You're gonna write a first draft, it's gonna be terrible. You're gonna put it aside, you're gonna sit on it, you're gonna have a couple drinks, you're gonna think about it, you're gonna send it to someone for feedback, you're gonna come back to it, you're gonna look at it with fresh eyes, you're gonna redo it all, potentially. Send it off again for feedback, go put it in the drawer again, and, and again, come back to it with fresh eyes. And you're gonna go through this process over and over and over again until you come to your final draft. It takes many drafts to get to a really, really good personal statement. Now, if you want some more help with your personal statement, I do have a book, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement, came out in August of 2019 and is the best-selling book about personal statements. So check that out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you can find books. The next thing I need you to understand, besides how long a personal statement takes, is to really understand who you are and what your motivations are behind becoming a physician. The personal statement is an essay about your journey to medical school, not specifically in the fact that you used to be an engineer or a lawyer or something else before medical school, but really what experiences have you had that have led you to this knowing that you want to be a physician. Now in the book, I talk about what planted the seed and then what watered the seed. And those are the experiences that you're going to talk about. So start now and start thinking about the most memorable experiences that you've had interacting with patients for watering the seed and what really drove you to want to be a physician. Now, I had a recent phone call with a student who was really, really struggling with this and, and he was fighting me on it and really trying to figure out what his motivations were behind becoming a physician. And he was fighting with me on kind of what the personal statement was for as well and we can talk about some of those in a little bit. but it really took a random comment from him about how he was an Eagle Scout to get to the heart of being an Eagle Scout means always being prepared. And as an Eagle Scout, you're doing tons of first aid. And that's probably his earliest exposures to healthcare and to medicine were being an Eagle Scout. And it was just something that he never really drew 
lines to, to, to really think about that being at the core of why he wants to be a physician. He was so focused on other stuff that really wasn't relevant. So think about those experiences, start writing down things that you've done in the past, influences that you've had, mentors that you've had to really find out what you should be writing about in your personal statement. Now, the next thing I want you to be aware of is that there are three different application services to medical school here in the United States. There's AMCAS for most MD medical schools. There is a COMIS for most DO medical schools. And then there's TMDSAS, which covers the public MD and DO schools in Texas. So three application services, three different personal statements, or is there? So a COMIS recently, as we're recording this at the end of 2019, a COMIS for the application year 2019 changed the length of their personal statement essay from 4,500 characters to 5,300 characters, which is the same length as AMCAS. Now, my assumption is they're doing that because they want more students to apply to DO schools, and it's going to be easier for a student to just go ahead and copy and paste that personal statement in. And so, hey, why, why not make it the same character count? So it's the same character count, same essay that you can use for both. The Texas application service has a character count of 5,000, so 300 characters less, and you're gonna have to tweak your personal statement if you are applying to both AMCAS or COMAS and TMDSAS, so just be prepared for those differences. Kind of along the same lines with kind of knowing the different application services is knowing MD versus DO, should you write a DO-specific personal statement? Now, my general philosophy is no, and especially with a Comus changing to 5,300 characters for 2019, they're probably not expecting big changes between your MD personal statement and your DO personal statement with both of the character counts now being 5,300. My take on the DO application personal statement is that you are still writing, why do you want to be a doctor? Not, why do you want to be an osteopathic physician? Later on in your secondary essays and in your interviews, you can talk about osteopathic medicine and what interests you and, and what motivates you to be an osteopathic physician. Your personal statement is still all about why do you want to be a physician, plain and simple. So you don't have to write a DO specific one. Now I'll put an asterisk on that to say, if you are only applying to DO schools, and there are plenty of students who only apply to DO schools, then you can tweak it to be a more DO specific, osteopathic medicine specific personal statement. The caveat to that is don't just write osteopathic physician everywhere where you would just write physician. You need to really show the differences in your experiences with osteopathic medicine to make it a DO specific personal statement. The next big thing I need you to understand before you dive into your personal statement is that it's not a creative writing piece. Now, I've seen some creative writing personal statements and 99.9% .9 of them completely miss the mark of what their goal is, right? The goal is to show the reader why you want to be a physician. Now, I had a student who got into medical school and her essay was like a letter to her future self and I wouldn't recommend that, but she got into medical school. And sometimes you can still get into medical school in spite of a bad personal statement. But 
I wouldn't recommend it. It's not a creative writing piece. It's an essay exploring your journey to wanting to be a physician. Focus on that. Kind of along the same lines as not being a creative writing piece is it's not a sales letter. It's not an argumentative paper on why you think you're gonna be an amazing physician. Your job in your personal statement is not to show all of the things that you've done and how they correlate so well with being a physician, which is going to make you an amazing physician. You are a pre-medical student. You have no idea what it's like to be a physician. You may have shadowed, you may have clinical experience, you may know what the hospital smells like, but until you have patients under your watch, until your medical license is on the line because a patient is not doing well. Until you're in that situation, you have no idea what it's like to be a physician. So don't try to claim that you do. Don't try to compare what you've done in the past to what you're doing now, to what you wanna do in the future. And don't try to show them that you are going to be an amazing physician. So if you go out and you Google, which I did, tips for writing a personal statement, you're gonna see a very common thread along find what's unique about you and write about that. And I think that advice is complete BS because I guarantee you there's nothing unique about you. Now you may get mad at me and say, but mommy said I'm unique, I'm special, but it's just not true. Short of curing cancer, there's nothing that you're going to write about in your application, in your personal statement that an admissions committee has never seen before. Now what is unique about you is your viewpoint and your story behind your experiences. You're not going to find unique experiences. I guarantee you, you're not going to find unique experiences. If you have one, put it in the comments below and I'll let you know if I've seen it or heard about it before. When you see advice about find what's unique about you, what unique experiences you've had and write about those, don't do that because I guarantee you it's not going to be unique. And when you write about it being unique and you try to sell it, again, going back to a sales letter, when you try to sell it as being unique and why a school should accept you, they're just gonna go, well, I have a thousand other students with that same experience in, in my pile, so why you? So don't do that. It's just something I need you to be aware of, which will bring me to my last point. All right, if, if I'm telling you don't write about what makes you unique or what you think makes you unique, how am I supposed to stand out in a personal statement? Now, I had an interview with a with a dean of admissions on a on a podcast a while ago, and he talked about like 80% of the personal statements that he's that he reads every year are the same. It's like the same story. Mom got sick, dad got sick, I got sick, whatever happened, and here's why I want to be a physician. That's not wrong. It's not bad, it's just common, and that's okay, right? That's your journey to being a physician, and that's what you need to write about. As an admissions committee member, I need to understand why you want to be a physician. Write about that. Write about it through the lens of your journey. That's where your uniqueness comes out. So don't worry about being cliche. It's very common to have a very similar story to many other students who are on this journey with you. That doesn't mean you go out and you try to be completely different and write an essay that's completely off the wall because again, most of those miss the mark as well. The personal statement is a very powerful essay 
on your journey to wanting to be a physician. Don't screw it up by trying to get too creative because you think your journey is either too common, too cliche, or too boring. Talk about your journey, show everything that you've been through in 5,300 characters or 5,000, and really let that reader understand your motivations for wanting to be a physician. All right, so there you have it. Again, premed.tv is the quick, easy link to my YouTube channel, premed.tv. Just find me, medical school headquarters or medical school HQ on there as well. Premed.tv, go check it out, go subscribe, hit that bell notification. I would love to get to 10,000 subscribers in the next two weeks or so. So I think you could do it. You can make it happen. Go subscribe, premed.tv. And I will see you next time here on the Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.